0: Oh, do I ever appreciate when stuff makes sense. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah, by now you've heard way too much about that unfortunate incident with people who thought they were taking this submarine ride down to see the Titanic. Now, first off, the Titanic. I mean, this is one of the great... Romanticized disasters of all time. No doubt. I mean, there's movies, there's books. Uh, It's probably the most written about, studied. That there's some sort of life size digital reproduction I recently saw that you can, you don't even need to go down there, really. But nonetheless, I mean, it's like the mountain is there, so we have to climb it. The moon is there, so we have to land on it. And that's very human. I mean, or if Frank Edward Nora is correct in his assumption that the moon landing is some sort of fabrication. That could be true. I have... Why question conspiracy theories? Nobody really knows. I mean, does Buzz Aldrin even know? Maybe he was in a capsule and in every way thought that he was going to the moon. Although, I guess, the whole thing is just kind of crazy. But this Titanic thing, this submarine thing, I mean, if it wasn't so tragic, I could... You go great guns and how could they? And but now, of course, here in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, right nearby, we have these passenger trips to suborbital space where people are going to be weightless. And yes, the military has done this sort of flight with their military equipment for. Decades now, I would imagine, preparing astronauts to be weightless and do whatever other experiments they have to do. But again, I think they're working with slightly better engineers. I mean, I understand wanting to give people a chance and be fair and equity, But when you say, well, we don't want any of those old experts, we want to give young people a chance to be experts, so we're not going to have any experts, and we're going to buy our equipment from the hardware store, it starts getting a little dubious to P.Q. Ribber, a.k.a., that's me, Brett. And yeah, P.Q. Ribber could go off. I mean, that's the difference between the personalities at this point. The old PQ River would just go into into some wacky rant. But I, I don't want to do that. I just want to think about this a minute. I mean, really, what? I mean, I understand, you know, that that drive to, like, a, climb Mount Everest. I've been watching the documentary on Arnold Schwarzenegger's career. And what an inspiration that guy is. You can think what you want about his craft, his art. His films, But here is a guy who, by factual and his own admission, once he was the great bodybuilder and invested in real estate, he was a millionaire before he made his first successful film. He did not need to go into the public eye anymore. He did not need to prove anything to anyone but himself. And he did it. And I got to admire that. Plus, as I've mentioned before, when I talk about Arnold, the guy has this charisma that doesn't stop. He can really, the camera loves him. And even in person, I met him once when I lived in Santa Fe. There he was walking across the plaza like this human magnet. I couldn't resist walking right up to him, thanking him for entertaining me and shaking that man's hand. And he, his handshake was just so firm and on the verge of crushing and hurting my hand, but didn't. And he's done so many things, his political career, his continuing to make movies, even though he had that terrible surgery and heart condition and he's tougher than ever i mean he just made foobar and no Fubar is not citizen kane or the greatest action tv series ever made but it's fun and it's a great entertainment and it's better than most of its kind so how can you go wrong and yet whoever these people are i mean it's more i blame the people who Hoodwinked, led other people, and took advantage of their gullibility to get on this submarine. And yeah, I just saw something on YouTube that scientifically explained that they never even knew what happened. And I suppose that's a blessing because can you imagine if time slowed down long enough that your entire body implodes and you can see... And feel it as your last sensation on this earth. I I appreciate that these people did not suffer. And at what more can be said? I mean, Mike Booty, our Midnight Citizen, on his most recent, just uh, released today, in fact, podcast, in the credits he says it's one of the topics he did not talk about. And I got to admire that. And... Again, you got to check out the Midnight Citizen. No doubt he will be turning up on one of these forthcoming Appreciator showcases. I mean, that's, I got to tell you, I am having a really nice time making these showcases, and I'm really hoping that uh, they are enjoyed by you or those who listen. Moving into some sort of new thing. And uh, Fusebox has sent us some files on our next program. We're going to look even closer at Jimbo. They've sent us some files from when Jimbo worked with Fusebox. And I don't know how much of this has been heard. And I don't know how many of you have checked out Fusebox. I have neglected to really mention uh, this series that's been on the overnight scape underground for a number of years there's sort of our i mean the production value these guys put and the humor this is like real radio on our hobbyist radio and i have to admit as much as i love doing this and put some heart and attempts at good production into this those guys they're the real deal and if you want to kind of walk that line between, or maybe transition into that overnightscape underground feel, the Fusebox series is absolutely a place for you to start that. And on this show, I'm gonna play you some excerpts. Not not. I'm just digressing wildly. So uh, one of my most appreciated radio programs and personalities are bob and ray and we're going to sprinkle a couple of bob and rays in here like right now
1: next mary backstage noble wife the story of america's favorite family of the footlights and their fight for security and happiness against the concrete heart of broadway Aboard the Charles W. Morgan, the backstages, Pop and Calvin, are being shanghaied to Yokohama by Captain Wolf Larson, along with a cargo of transistors. The captain, by turns, is warm and friendly, and then surly and menacing. Right now, in his friendly mood, we hear Captain Larson... Say, are you
2: all having a good time on the good ship, Morgan? Well, yes, we oh, yeah. are. See, Captain, I... Uh... <clears throat> I don't want to upset you any. Go right ahead. Nothing could upset me, maybe. Yeah, careful, Calvin. Uh, you know, sir, uh, we're actors, uh, troopers, so to speak, and uh, we were on our way to Chelsea,
1: Massachusetts, where we were going to appear in the theater and around there, in the Westchester Furioso. See, we just stopped at uh, Mystic Seaport, Connecticut to take a little uh, sightseeing tour. Then we were going on to Chelsea and rehearsals that open next week in the show.
2: Oh, I see. Well, go on, uh, matey. And uh, we wondered, sir, if you would come about and uh, bring us back to Mystic, because
1: we have these prior commitments. Very well said, uh, Calvin. How about I, it, Captain? Uh,
2: I don't know that's asking too much, matey. I don't think I could come about, though. I'm on a tight schedule here. Boy, oh, that's
1: right Got nice. him at the right time, yeah, well, I guess.
2: Yeah, we have to be to Yokohama right on schedule. Tell you what I might do, though. What's that, Captain? I might put you in a boat and let you over the side. I have a dinghy here that we could use. I think I have enough hands here
1: to take care of the ship. You got a power winch? So you can lower it over the side? You bet we do, matey. Oh, that would be just... Oh, that would be the answer to our prayers, Captain Larson. We'll be forever grateful. (laughs) And Miss Rogers says thank you, too.
2: All right. All right, matey. Lower the dinghy. All right, then. You climb aboard.
1: Now I want to give you some
2: provisions.
1: Okay, wait till he gets it down a little bit more here.
2: here. Get them some powdered eggs.
1: Some dried beef. Give him some sourdough starter. Have you got any breakfast squares? See if we got some breakfast squares. Why oh, aren't they're Give
2: them everything to they need. They're all loaded aboard, sir. Eh? Okay, well, uh, Captain Mason, let me just shake your hand and say this has been a very wonderful experience. How far do you, uh, uh suppose we are from Christie? Yes, how far are we have to roll oh, to get back? I reckon back? you're about 150 nautical miles as the crow flies. Oh, I see. That's oh, oh, right. There. let's get
1: aboard. All right. Uh-huh. 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 We're all aboard. You can floor us into the water. Goodbye now, matey. Goodbye, Captain. I'm awful sorry if I inconvenience you any. No, no trouble at all. No trouble at all. Well, he turned out to be a fish. Oh, Harry. Oh. we've landed. We're in the water. He gentleman, didn't he? Well, he banned the oars, uh, Harry, to start with 150 nautical miles. Is that more than land miles or less? You know what we forgot to ask, the Captain? What's that?
2: Which way do we go?
1: I mean, I can't see land anyway. Well, I should think if we just go in the opposite direction to the way he's going, we'll get back to Mystic. Good thought. We can just uh, follow the wake of the ship. Right. Well, that wake will
2: end after about 30, 40 feet, maybe, or 100 Yeah, under but feet. then we'll be in the right direction anyway.
1: Well, if you think so. And maybe the radio will help us find Se- Mystic Seaport again. Very good. All right, I'll just sit back here and... Miss Jerry Rogers will stay up front there with you, I suppose. I think that would be the best place, yes. Keeps the weight balanced in the boat. Okay. We should get there by the end of the week, I think. We've got plenty of food, good weather ahead. Keep going. I don't think we have anything to worry about. And so Captain Larson releases his prisoners... And our friends head back to Mystic Seaport, Connecticut. You want to join us tomorrow when we'll hear Calvin say, Isn't there more water here in the boat than should be? That's in the next exciting episode of Merry Backstage Noble One. Word Car Speaking. Yeah,
0: after all my serious, uh, yeah, a little laughter, goes a long way and uh, there's more Bob and Ray to come don't you if you like that there's more if you didn't like that well maybe you'll like the next one and uh, I've got I've I've been uh, neglecting my uh, meditations of Marcus Aurelius which is you know we got a we hit a variety because when you're a scattered a fellow I mean I'm focusing on some very important things but a variety of things, and uh, just kind of cutting out maybe some extraneous ones. But this Marcus Aurelius, is it, it, it's inspirational. Uh, this is still in book two. This is part 17. It's in little short parts. And uh, let's just uh, read on here. In man's life, his time is a mere instant is a mere instant, his existence a flux, his perception fogged, his whole bodily composition rotting, his mind a whirly-gig, his fortune unpredictable, his fame unclear. To put it shortly, all things of the body stream away like a river, all things of the mind are dreams and delusion, life is warfare and a visit in a strange land, the only lasting fame is oblivion. What then can escort us on our way one thing and one thing only philosophy this consists in keeping the divinity within us inviolate and free from harm master of pleasure and pain doing nothing without aim truth or integrity and independent of others actions or failure to act further accepting all that happens and is allotted to it as coming from that other source to which its own origin and, at all times, awaiting death with the glad confidence that it is nothing more than the dissolution of the elements of which every living creature is composed. Now, if there is nothing fearful for the elements themselves in their constant changing of each other into another, why should one look anxiously in prospect at the change and dissolution of them all? This is in accordance with nature and nothing harmful is in accordance with nature." Now just think about that. You might even want to scooch back and listen again, or get your own copy of Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. You should be able to even find a copy online. And uh, this is the translated version by Martin Hammond, but I'm sure there are other translations that will suit you just as well. Now let's try a little audio collage and uh, just let it segue into some Bob and Ray. Well, I'm not saying it was bad, but
3: almost immediately after stacking things up, you start
1: to see the results of your labor.
3: Banks always make me nervous.
0: Like I'm just not gonna do that. I don't wanna get into all that. Oh, and now we've got a guy with a small penis on a motorcycle.
3: You got a girl there with you.
0: Tasty cakes are pretty good. In Claramore, Oklahoma, I won a pie-eating contest. But yes or no? Someone whose voice is low
3: and musical and gives everyone a thrill? Doesn't make any sense to me, but what do I know, right?
0: Theovernightscape.com slash 209. Here we go.
3: And I found myself uh, at a loss
1: too bad he's so much older than you are.
3: Today's Robin Hood adventure is entitled, Lord Nottington's Dastardly Trap. As we look in on Robin Hood's gay, yet serious band of gamy outlaws, we find them in their hideout in Sherman Forest. Robin is in his tent, counting the day's take: Three for me, one for the poor. Three for me, one for the poor. Hello, Robin. How's it going? Fine, uh, little Irving. Three for me, one for the poor. Don't you think you're giving too much to the poor, Robin? I think you're right. Six for us, one for the poor. Six for oh, us. Robin! Oh, Robin! It's me, the fair maid Marilyn. How goes it, fair lady Marilyn? Wonderful, Robin. I just came from Nottingham. Do you know it was announced today that at the Harvest Moon Festival tomorrow, there would be an archery contest, and the best bowman in the country would be awarded 100 gold crowns by Lord Nottington. By Jove, 100 gold crowns is a lot of money. It surely is, Robin. Well, why don't you wear it, Robin? You could use that kind of loot. It would be a splendid idea. Because it isn't stealing, I wouldn't have to give any of it to the poor. But, alas, I just remembered something. The string on my bow is broken. I'll mend it for you, Robin. Say, wait a minute, Governor. What if it's a trap? Lord Nottington would like to get his hands on you, and he probably figures you'll try to collect those gold crowns. I'll bet a tinker's dozen you're right, little Irving. Why don't you enter the contest wearing the disguise of a serf? They don't know, Robin. I have a better idea to foil Lord Nottingham's trap. What is it, Governor? Yes, Robin, what is it? I shan't go. (laughs) And so Robin Hood narrowly escapes with his life as he again outwits Lord Nottingham. Tune in next time when Robin Hood will once more rob the rich and Welch on the poor, and you'll hear him say to his men, the "Whole bunch of you are the sloppiest eaters I've ever seen." On Robin Hood of Sherman Forest.
0: <laughs> okay, I admit that was just completely silly, but uh, we, we, Bob and Ray, are just so. I, I I don't even know exactly how to put it. There's an absurdist element, and yet it still fits into some sort of far end of the mainstream, maybe, is what appeals to me. And you could play it for your mom. And uh, unlike, say, the Vic and Sade, the Vic and Sade, some people, for whatever, it's just not their sense of humor. It's too outre. They don't think, the idea of a town named Dismal Seepage, Ohio is something that makes sense, even though a place like Mystic Seaport, Connecticut really does exist. It's, we live in an absurd world. That much, I know. And, and, and it's a good thing, because otherwise it could be pretty grim and pretty, I don't know, just not fun. And I wanted to... I finished at some time ago, and I've been thinking about it, that Alex Raymond book of Dave Sims, where he is writing on that fateful day when these two competing and very competitive comic book artists were in the same sports car. Alex Raymond actually at the wheel of his friend Stan Drake's new Corvette And just puts his foot down on the accelerator, allegedly, and runs into a tree or a sign. It's never quite clear exactly how that went down. Killing himself, Alex Raymond died, and injuring Stan Drake and probably traumatizing him for life. And I wanted to know... I wanted it to come to an end. I wanted it to have a conclusion. So I bought the book after it just kind of stopped dead in his magazine. He was publishing Glamour Puss many years ago. And the sad truth is, he never finished it. Carson Grubaugh, a friend of his, kind of cobbles together uh, an ending of sorts in this book, which, I mean, if you want to check it out, It's called The Strange Death of Alex Raymond, and it's available probably through your local comic book store or bookstore or reliable online book supplier. The artwork is incredible. The story and the work that Dave Sim and Grubaugh at the end put into it are a marvel to behold, but it doesn't really come to a conclusion. But... A lot of things don't, and I'm really happy I took that journey. I mean, I'm not, oh, I'm so, why did I waste my time? I got a lot of inspiration, and it made me want to have more focus and craftsmanship in my work as far as artwork, I haven't really drawn seriously in years. And now that I have this great table and this place to do it, I am working on new artworks, some of which I present partially as covers. You know, that image you see if you're uh, looking at it on OnSug or watching it on YouTube. Some of, A lot of them are my artwork, and some of them are going to be my new artwork. And I'm just... It feels good to sit down and do artwork again. And that's really what's key. Just like it feels good to do these appreciator shows and present stuff. And the, uh, the appreciator number 20. We have made it 20 episodes as of this one. And that feels really good. And what else feels good is Shambles, our friend who, uh, our second big showcase uh kind of focused on he has a new bumper chain bumper chain bumper chain cosmic number 34 in the series which is i don't know maybe his way is just presenting the stuff and not talking about it but it shambles if you're listening have you I, if, or is it like i suppose when you live at home and there are other people around i would feel i don't know it's really hard to podcast and project like this and talk and focus with other people around. And someday if I am cohabitating with people, this may all come to some sort of pause or end, or I wind up rampling like Frank does and other hosts do, walking around. I just, I feel breathy. I already feel breathy when I'm doing these programs. I don't take the time to relax and breathe. I don't. I just don't. I get so anxious and wrapped up in the presentation that often I am just so hyped up and going and it has been pointed out that I'm saying three words and, and another three words and then... And, you know, that's... While it sounds kind of breathless and exciting on one hand, I don't think that's a sustainable way. So if you catch me doing that, say, hey, Brett, take it easy. You're Brett, PQ River is just some artifice, and PQ River could use a little more oxygen as well.
3: We have with us right now a gentleman who claims to have a very unique occupation. I didn't get your name, sir. Uh, Senor Jim Mendez And, uh, you're one of our good neighbors from down Buenos Aires way No, actually, I'm from Hammond, Indiana I got the name out of a pulp magazine I liked it and I just kept it Well, it is a colorful name I think so, that's why I kept it Well, Senor, uh, would you tell the radio audience uh, what you do for a living? Well, sure, I'm the cigarette smoking champion of the world You mean you smoke more cigarettes in a given period than any other man alive? I guess that's about the size of it, sure Well, how do you know you're the champion? For all you know, there might be somebody, say, in Canada who smokes more than you do, and uh, he might not know it. Uh, That's always a problem in any competitive sport. There might be a better boxer than the present heavyweight champion somewhere in this world, but uh, if he doesn't lay claim to the title, he has to be discounted. And uh, there's a good reason for that. He might not exist. Have you been uh, challenged by another heavy smoker anywhere? Well, the only serious contender is uh, Richardson. He's down in Peru, and uh, I beat him in the finals last month. Incidentally, uh, the match was telecast. You have to catch it? Well, we'll get to the match in a minute. I didn't know. Before we do, uh, how did the business of your smoking a record number of cigarettes get started? It's kind of funny. It's paradoxical, actually. Uh, I was kind of a confused kid, uh, discontented, you might say. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. I hadn't chosen a profession yet. Well, I started smoking a lot of uh, cigarettes during this crisis... I smoke six, seven cartons a day, and uh, I wasn't even aware that I was approaching a record. How'd you find out? Well, when I got a cigarette bill from the candy store. It was kind of high, so I knew something was up. Well, uh, how did you capitalize on this uh, talent, senor? Well, I found that people would uh, pay to watch me smoke. I never did understand that, I'll be honest with you. I once watched myself smoke in front of a mirror, and uh, frankly, it was pretty dull. Sounds very dreary to me. One night, an agent came in and caught my act, and he gave me a suggestion that put me into the big time, nightclubs and theaters and What did he suggest? Well, uh, when I did my old act, I'd wear a white shirt. Uh I thought i would be uh, easier to see that way. But my agent told me to wear a black shirt, and it really helped the act. Really did, huh? Well, when I exhaled, Zay, the smoke was being lost against the white background of the shirt. Don't you see? And the smoke showed up better against the black background of the shirt, huh? Yeah, it gave the Agmore body, yeah. Well, now, about your match with Richardson, uh, how do you hold a cigarette smoking match, actually? Well, it's quite simple. First of all, the TV studio set was all in black. Your agent suggests that, too? That's right. And then Richardson and I got as comfortable as we could. See, I do my best smoking in a sling chair like this. Uh Uh-huh. Richardson favors a divan. Well... Then we get down to the business of smoking. Uh, we had eight hours of air time, and during that period we smoked as much as we could. I whipped him by a cart and a half going away. It well, must have been a tremendous strain. Not really. Uh, it's nothing I wouldn't have done at home. Well, now, what are your plans uh, now that you've eliminated the chief contender? Do you have any? I intend to move up into the cigar division. It's wide open, I understand. Well, thanks very much, sir. Senor Jim Mendez, and I suppose we'll be hearing from you in the world of cigars one of these days. Probably.
0: And yes, all the irony and politically incorrectness of the past. I'm sure you, if you haven't noticed by now, you will. That really, it amuses me. The old stereotypes. I know that it's not politically correct and some people who are unfamiliar because the stuff has been censored for years, some of it. I, it's just, I don't think there was any mean spirit. I mean, was this mean-spirited? Was this, like, did Bob and Ray think they were encouraging people to die from cigarette smoking? It's the absurdity, the humor in that. And maybe it's a dark humor. I. It's hard to say. But these are the things that, among others, I mean, some of the things I appreciate are, are that you that you groove with, and some of them perhaps not. Um, again, next time around, we've got that Jimbo special, and I am working on the third Big Appreciation Showcase, which is going to have some just amazing, there's going to be more Vic and Sade, there's going to be uh, we're going to hear from Doc Sleaze going back. If you haven't caught Doc Sleaze, you are in for, especially if you're a fan of the old horror movies and B movies on the overnight scape underground, Doc slees is the master followed quite quickly by Mark Rose of Fusebox. But Doc Sleaze really focuses on that and gives us this beautiful picture and, and, that there's going to be a murder trial that you've probably never heard of, a little Bob Lasseter. Check out the showcase. Yes, it's long. It's daunting. It's night radio, though. And that's what everything that we do here and what I'm working on is all about. With that, I once again free you back to whatever you were doing, or perhaps you would like to check out more. OnSug stuff, it's there at ONSUG.com. If you search over Nightscape Underground on Archive.org, there's a plethora. And, hey, there's more episodes of The Appreciator you probably haven't heard. It's all there. And until the next time we meet, of course, to write me, the email address is kpqr.torc at gmail.com. Until the next we meet, set the controls for the heart of the fun mhm